0: Hi, everybody welcome to East to West weight loss surgery the podcast I am April Williams and I'm the West
1: and I'm Jason Smith and I'm the East
0: Uh, we are here to support the bariatric community with humor humility and honesty uh, today's episode, we're super excited about. A few weeks ago, we asked the community what questions you had about weight loss surgery or things related to weight loss surgery, and you guys responded with a ton of great questions. So all we're going to do is just move down basically your list of questions and, and, and address them, and hopefully we will, we'll cover something that, that you really wanted uh, we wanted to know. Uh, but before we do that, we realized that uh, the, the state of the nation is, is a different state than what it was just a few days. Ago, uh, so Jason and I would like to kind of address um, what's been happening in our nation.
1: Yeah, we de- we definitely did. Um, we wanted you guys to know that uh, we support this community, and uh, not only this community, but uh, we're aware of the state of the nation, and we stand in solidarity with the people of color, with the people. Um, who are you know much like us, much like we believe, the allies uh, that also stand with the people of color. Um, all lives cannot matter truly until Black lives matter. Uh, that that way we can all you know stand on the equal playing field. We understand that April and I have had discussions about this off camera. We know that uh, changes need to be made, um, and we're mourning with the nation. That's something that we definitely. Um, are, are speaking about, and we wanted to let you guys know that, um, you know, it's, uh, we've, we've dealt with very unprecedented times since 2020 has began, regardless of whether it be the pandemic and now we're dealing with, uh, race relations that have been going on for far, far too long. Um, you know, the, it's, Something that people have tried to bring to the forefront of people's minds. And for whatever reason, it just never, never had enough steam until now. I do believe that uh, with the death of George Floyd uh, moving forward, we are really starting to see some serious change come about. And that's something that this country definitely needs. Um, I myself am married to a woman of color. My children are mixed. So I, you know, I've been an ally for many, many, many years, uh, even before I met my wife. So uh, this is not a fight that's new to me. uh, But the education seems to be for a lot of people. And, you know, we're going to do the best we can to stand with you guys and try to keep this at the forefront and push until serious changes are made. And uh, we just wanted you guys to know that you're not alone. We understand you. We empathize with you, and we will stand with you.
0: And I think it's important. What I what I just want to share is that you know I I have never spent any considerable time with any person of color. I have one uh, black friend. Uh, I was never educated by by any persons of color in my public school career. I just uh, that's not the the community that I have ever been a part of, and. Uh, I'm obviously a public school teacher. I serve and I learn and I work with a lot of students of color. And the learning that I've done, even since becoming a public school educator, uh, has been, I feel like lifetimes. And then when the death of George Floyd happened, the conversations that I've been having with my family, who every member of my family is white, are conversations that we've never had before. And they're so powerful and they're so meaningful and they're so different. Uh, so for whatever reason, we're now having these conversations and I'm doing so much learning. I'm having conversations with people about race and, and my role in racism and just our nation in general that I never thought I would, ha- would have. And um, I, I regret that I didn't have this connection before the death of George Floyd. Uh, but all I can do is move forward and just listen and learn and um, and not be afraid to have difficult or uncomfortable conversations with people. And what I'm discovering is that um, even though the conversations are difficult and they are uncomfortable, I'm learning a lot. And whoever I'm talking to is learning a lot. And I feel like in a lot of ways, I'm learning a new language. And um, I'm I'm thankful that people are willing to, to talk and to talk with me. And I'm so thankful for the generations of information that is out there for me to learn from. Uh, So I just, you know, I want people to know that I'm, I'm excited to have conversations and, and and I hope to continue all my conversations with people I know and people I don't know. But as you said, Jason, and you and I've talked about this, you know, kind of quite a bit just in getting to know each other. uh, Things need to change. Things have to change. And I am that change and we all are that change. And uh, I think just acknowledging that we all have the power to make those changes is, is, is where we start. And uh, I'm, I'm excited to, to become an ally. I'm excited to learn what that means and that I'm excited to live uh, my, ally, my allyship in, in my community and in my nation, so.
1: Definitely, and uh, you know, we, we started East to West to provide a safe place for everyone who you know, may, has already had or is going to have weight loss surgery. And we now know that we continue East to West weight loss as a safe space for all of our nation. We want everyone to feel inclusive. Everyone is welcome. Everyone is equal. And that's how we will continue to move forward with the East to West weight loss.
0: Absolutely. I'm, I'm glad that I'm glad that we said that. You and I talked about it. We didn't know how we wanted to approach it. Uh, I knew a little bit about your background, and I, I've been thinking about you and your your wife and your kids. I've just been thinking about you a lot lately. So I'm I'm excited to continue conversations with you that maybe we haven't had before. But I know that you're going to be a uh, you're going to be one of my teachers when when it comes to allyship.
1: Yes, madam glad to do it. Uh, glad to uh, to be able to do that for anybody moving forward. Just because. You know, I I don't know what it's like to live uh, as a person of color, but I do know what it's like to live with and to navigate the world with with people of color. So, uh, you know, while I may not know, just know that I stand with you and I plan to be the change uh, with is with the outreach that I have. I find it, uh, you know, necessary that, it, you know, even though we, our platform may not be as big as the others, you know, we have a platform and the fact that we, you know, we need to use it for positive things, for change, for all. So this moving forward, I think this was the best way for us to address it and uh, let everybody know that uh, we stand in solidarity.
0: Absolutely. And uh, Jason, and I really talked about, you know, we... We, we can't let this fall off of our radar, we can't take our foot off the gas, so to speak, if we really want to, to be the change. Uh, so at the end of every episode, we are going to, instead of asking each other surprise questions, which, you know, it's always good, but we can just ask questions as we're talking, uh, we're going to start doing an added value segment. So every week, we're going to talk about something that is adding value to our lives, either like our personal lives or within our weight loss journey, and then we are going to highlight uh, causes, foundations, businesses, resources that we can use to um, to become educated on, on racial issues in in the United States. So we're gonna be we're gonna be sharing things that we're learning along the way. Uh, so we know that our 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 focus here is weight loss surgery, but weight loss surgery impacts every American and. Uh, and this is an issue that is kind of closely tied to it. If we want to make sure that there's equal access to this tool, no matter what you look like, then we need to be able to talk about it on this type of platform too. And we want to make sure that, that everybody knows that what we're talking about is not specific to us. So even though Jason and I look a certain way, we're thinking about every single person that we've interacted with in this community. We are literally looking at a, the, the rainbow of colors when it comes to people. And, and we want to make sure that, you know, that we are talking to you and we don't care what you look like. We don't care your age. We don't care your sex. We don't care your gender. We just don't care. We're here to support you. If you are thinking about having weight loss surgery, or if you have had weight loss surgery and you will never get any pushback from either one of us. If you reach out, if you reach out for help, uh, so and if I ever say anything or I ever do anything that that appears to to make it show like I'm I'm not an ally and I'm, and I'm not standing with, with the people of color in our nation, please do let me know. I really do want to learn. I really do want to do, to do better. Right? There's that quote that's going around: "When we know better, we do better." I want to know more so I can so I can be better and do better. So please, if you have the energy or the capacity, I would love to uh, I would love for you to be my teacher. <laughs> All right. Are you ready to dive into these questions? Let's do it. All right. We've got some really great ones for the community. All right. So the first question up, how can I prepare for my 20 minute post-op meal times?
1: Man, <laughs> meal plan, meal plan, meal plan. You got to meal prep. You got to be, that's the easiest way that I did it. I did it two weeks at a time. I would meal prep and I got this, the little quarter cup containers of, uh, the little Ziploc uh, plastic containers. Yeah. I got, I got as mi- I got like three or four packs of those and I would put my food together and I would scoop it and I would level it off and I would close it up, put it in the fridge and I had stacks of them just stacked up. <laughs> you, I mean, cause you literally, it's just, that's what it is. And you have to, you have to have it on hand. You have to be able to grab it and go because it, as much as you think about eating now, you will forget
0: Yes. And I think what makes it really challenging too, especially right after weight loss surgery, is that it's, it's kind of one of those things that I don't think you, you don't know what it's going to be like until you experience it. Because if you are pre-op, you just can't imagine that it's going to take you 20 to 30 minutes to eat a quarter cup of food. And then all of a sudden you're going to be living it and you're just going to go, Oh my God, this is what they're talking about. And I think the first couple months after surgery, it's, it is not hard to do because you take a bite and you literally feel it moving down your esophagus into your stomach and you feel full. Uh It's very easy just to go, ooh, okay, but I know I need to eat this much food. And you're just gonna have to sit down and do it. I I think another, another thing that works well too is you can use your phone. You can use a timer on your phone. Set your timer for 20 minutes and just say, I'm gonna sit down and I'm gonna eat this meal for 20 minutes. Uh, it can be hard not to distract yourself, it can be hard to not like grab your phone or watch TV, but I think the the power in timing yourself and then just focusing on, on your food is that this is really kind of your opportunity to have a conversation between your head and your body, right, where you're really checking in with what's happening, you're, you're checking with what you're feeling as you are eating something. It's important to, to make that connection known again because I know at least for me it was, you know this and this never spoke it was two very like separate entities so all of a sudden you know when i'm having a bite of food and to really feel what that felt like to to eat and digest well, it was a very new new world for me
1: yeah you'll definitely hear your body processing the food as you eat it which is very strange you'll feel the little bubbles and gurgles and whatnot that's completely normal it happens um as far as planning around it, if it's something where you're on the go and you just can't sit down that long, you're just going to have to make yourself something for those days that you know is portable and that you can do it because it's going to take you that long but it's still necessary that you get it in because the nutritional value the cal you know everything you need the caloric intake your uh, all of your levels that have to be met that day you know that's a requirement of the the quarter cup that you're going to get in. Yep. So whether you got to take it on the go with you, which I would highly recommend doing something like that, um, but the, the 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 twenty minute meal plan will will prep you on its own. Like you don't have a choice. Like the April said, it's it's going to take you that long to do it. So yeah. if it's something where you feel like you you like I said you need to be on the go, that you need to do something that's on the go friendly
0: because you still got to get it in. Absolutely, you know, and, and another thing that might be helpful too is just now. So if you're pre op uh, time yourself eating a meal now, right? You, you might think that it's taking you a certain amount of time to eat something, but until you actually time yourself, you just don't know. So that might be really surprising if you just timed yourself to see kind of where you're at, maybe you already are taking 20 minutes to eat your meal. So really nothing is going to change. The the only thing that will change will be the quantity. Uh, but if you're scarfing down, you know, a huge meal in five minutes, that's also not healthy. So, right. Yeah. So maybe just to you know to do that to kind of gauge uh, where you're at would would probably be helpful.
1: And count your fifty count your fifty chews as well while you're doing that pre op so that way because that I mean that's a majority of what takes so long to eat in the first place is that you gotta chew things fifty times before you swallow it. And that takes time. So I mean oh, yes. measure that out, time that out, just kinda see what you're doing. You'll realize it's a little easier to do than.
0: And it's kind of interesting, right? We, so today, Jason and I were recording two episodes in one day. So we took like a half an hour break in between. And both Jason and I knew we needed to take a break because we, we needed to, to eat something. And we, and we both had something. But we both ate it much faster than what we normally do. And I, and I know he and I were both sitting here going, oh, God, oh, I ate that too fast. I mean, you're just so uncomfortable. I'm like trying to lift up my bra. And I'm like, oh, God. Yeah, so it, it sounds weird, but it's it's going to become your preferred way of eating, chewing a lot and taking time, because you're just going to feel so much better after your meal. So uh, don't let the 20-minute meal time be the thing that talks you out of surgery. It's not a big deal. Not a big deal. Not a lot. Okay, anything else for that question? Or are we good? I think we're good. Okay, moving on to the next one. Uh, Question, how can someone build confidence before and after weight loss surgery?
1: Confidence is a tricky thing. Um, I know for me, the funny part is, is the older I get, the more confident I get, or just the less I care what other people think. (laughs) And I think that's the biggest part about it. I mean, Social circles are one thing and, and being out in the public's one thing and being at works another thing. so it just depends on where you're trying to gain the confidence and confidence really comes with knowledge of yourself. How well you know yourself, how confident you are in what you are speaking about at the time or what your, whatever action you may be taking at the time, it really comes with knowing yourself well. So if you believe in what you're talking about, you have every right to be confident because you've done the research, you've studied, you know exactly what it is you're talking about, or otherwise you wouldn't be talking about whatever subject that may be. Now, confidence in a room that you walk into is a little bit trickier because, you know, we all started this journey because we were not happy with what we saw in the mirror, in pictures. You know, we, when we look down, we're just not thrilled with what's going on. Yeah. with the package that we have put ourselves in so for that you just have to realize that that's not something that you're going to change overnight you look how you look at the time and that's how you're going to look all you can do is own that day
0: mm-hmm.
1: you have to really and, and this is something that I came up with I would say a year before I had weight loss surgery because I was kind of kicking it around, kind of toying it around, toying around with it. But myself, I've always been one of those people that had to kind of own a room when I walked into it because I didn't want to give anybody the opportunity to look at me, think about me, judge me for my size, any of that. So I wanted to be the first to kind of bust in on the scene and pull my little Jim Carrey routine and become the center of attention real quick. And then I felt instantly better about kind of letting things smooth out and and play out how they were going to play. I've done a lot of on camera stuff, whether it's just going live on Facebook, going live on Instagram, doing things where I was comfortable communicating with people and like training stuff at work, doing, you know, going through classes to train people. Those are just things that pushed me out of my comfort zone to be able to be confident enough to speak with, you know, and like I said, it all started with me being confident in what I was speaking about or what I was doing at the time. Yeah. And and it really just comes with a lot a lot of this journey, a lot of the stuff that we're gonna be doing is all mental there's a lot of mental work that goes into it. So you really got to get inside your own headspace and get comfortable with the fact that you are who you are. People that are in your circle that love you, love you for who you are, regardless of your size. The people that are only going to love you once you become a smaller size are people that you don't need in your circle anyway.
0: No. Agreed. And I think what, what makes confidence so hard for people is that if you want to grow in your confidence, you have to step out of your comfort zone and you kind of have to do some things publicly. And I think the reason that people don't feel confident is because they just have never done those things. And it's a risk. And anytime you you make something public or you know, or anytime you try something, you're opening yourself up to risk. You're opening yourself up to pushback or negative comments or you know, negative emotions. I mean, it's it's, you know, it's not fun. But what builds our confidence is taking those steps right doing doing some things publicly and then bracing for impact. And what usually happens is nothing hits you you you've just talked it up. You have just talked it up in your brain. Uh, so, you know, being acknowledging some risks that you're going to have to take and acknowledging some some public things that you might need to do is what is going to, to build your confidence. I mean, it's like a muscle. Um, you know, I think J- Jason, I mean, you and I would both consider ourselves, you know, some pretty confident people, but every now and then we get stuff thrown our way that it chinks our armor and it doesn't hurt less. It just means that we have practiced um, we, we, we've practiced being public, we have practiced our values, we live our beliefs, so when those things come at us, they still hurt, but they don't hurt for very long, or they, they hit us, and then they just kind of fall to the ground, uh, and I think for me, that's probably the biggest advice that I could give about confidence. Identify what you are already good at, or identify what you already know, and then work on building, building your confidence around that item. Right. So if you are if you're an excellent scrapbooker, if you if you are an avid reader, if you love to cook, if you are a great fisher person, right, whatever it happens to be, that's your that's your thing. And practice that and do that well and start sharing that with the world. And the more that you share, the more that you realize it's not quite as bad as as what I thought it would be.
1: Right. Well, and, and also one of the biggest things about come that comes with confidence is also staying grounded. And a lot of, you know, what you'll find is, is you can be confident about something and you can put it out into the world and you may have some people that come back and have something negative to say, or may it's not, they just may not be on the same level as you to agree with whatever it is you're putting out into the world. Mm-hmm. But those things also keep us grounded in our confidence so that we don't try to ascend to this, you know, godlike level where we think that we're, you know, way more than there's confidence and then there's arrogance. And, you know, you don't want those two, you don't want to blur that line. So with that, I I believe that, you know, the fact that somebody actually has the, the forethought to say, you know, I want to know how to gain confidence, but, you know, that that shows that you don't want to be overconfident. You just want to be confident enough to move through life. And what you have to understand what that is, is you're a person of value. You have value. You bring value to situations. You just have to believe, you just have to believe that. Like you're, you have to own the fact that you have value and you're bringing value to conversations. You just have to figure out what that value is. And like April said, you have to own that. That's what you have to, you know, you put that forth into the universe and those are going to, the, the people that gravitate towards that are going to be the people that you need to surround yourself. with.
0: That's such a good point. And yes, and that is so true. Everybody is valuable. And if you don't even think that you're valuable yourself, then you're never going to grow in your confidence. You, you, you have to find the value, you have to find the value within yourself before you can spread it out to the world. That's a super good point. Uh, The other thing that I was going to say is that when I was struggling with my weight and my body issues before weight loss surgery, uh, one of my really good friends, she asked me, you know, well, who do you follow on Instagram? And I was like, I don't know, some artists or this or that or family and friends. And she's like, well, why don't you follow people who look like you? And I was like, uh, because people who look like me, aren't worthy of being followed, you know I mean? In my brain, you're just thinking like, why would I follow fat people? I don't wanna be fat, right? I'm struggling with that. And her recommendation was really the, the launching ground, I think, for a lot of my confidence because I took her advice and I went to Instagram and I followed fat models, fat activists, fat entrepreneurs. I mean, anybody that looked like me that was doing cool things that I also wanted to do, I followed. And then all of a sudden my feed was filled with people who looked like me doing really cool shit. And I was like, oh, so this is all, this is just me. Like if they, they can do these things, I can do it too. Uh, so it was just a huge help for me in, in, in growing in my confidence where I was at at the moment. And I continue to follow all of the, the people who I followed when I was a larger size. And I'm so thankful that I am because it continues to ground me in, it doesn't matter what your size is, you can do awesome things and it doesn't matter and it's okay for me to want to live my life at a different weight. It doesn't mean that I'm judging somebody else. It doesn't mean that I've turned my back on like the body positive or the fat positive community. It just means I need to do something for my health and living at the weight that I was living at was not the best choice for me. But I'm not judging anybody else that, right? You all, you, you do you. And I'm so thankful that people and social media is there to kind of, to broadcast all of these things that people are doing, regardless of their shape or size or look or, you know, any of that kind of stuff. So that would be my other thing that I would recommend. Follow people who look how you look now, look how you want to look and are living life in the way that you want to live life. That would be, that would be my, my biggest recommendation.
1: Right. Yeah, because I mean, the, the, the thing is, is you can, you can have it's, it's good to have role models. It's good to have, you know, people point of references to look at and other people. I've done that myself. I know April's done that as well. So the, the, the one thing that you want to avoid in that situation is, is you want to avoid thinking that your progress will be their progress. Your progression will not be the same, just because you guys start off with the same body type, you guys start off at the same weight. Do not expect everybody's journey to be the same because it will not. I know we've talked about this before, but we cannot stress this enough. If it's been six months and you've only lost 60 pounds and somebody else lost 80 pounds, applaud that other person. Realize that your body's not their body. You, you know, you both have work to do. So just concentrate on the work for yourself. Let them concentrate on the work for themselves. If you want to reach out to them for tips and say, Hey, We're kind of on the same journey. I just want to know what you may be doing that may be different from what I'm doing. So that if I need to switch something up, I can do that. This community is all about being there to support each other. And that's part of it. If you want to reach out to somebody and say, hey, you know, what do you do on a daily basis? Do you have any kind of workout routine? You know, becoming familiar with other people that that look like you, that are on the same journey as you, is only going to help you. I've never had anybody say that they have too much help. No thanks. I, I, this is too much help. I'm going to back off now. Thanks. <laughs> I appreciate. It. I don't need your input because I have so much help that this couldn't possibly do anything for me.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yes. Right. Comparison is the thief of joy. It's it's, great, it's great to look. It's great to learn. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you you always have to keep that in the very front of your brain, right? Their their journey is not my journey. Maybe it's similar. Maybe you could maybe can glean some information. Maybe you can take parts of their recipe and incorporate it into your own. But yeah no awesome all right uh next question oh this is the question that you and i feel bad about talking about uh the question is have you had negative side effects (laughs) jason and i both every time this comes up we're like uh he and i have both had a like could not have gone better experience we have had no negative side effects um I mean, I'm almost a year out from surgery. I can eat everything, including carbonated beverages. Um, like really high sugary foods definitely don't make me feel great. But I think you know, when, when you're when you're looking when you're looking at weight loss surgery, you get that long list of like, well, here's some like not so serious side effects, and then here's like some really serious side effects. And you and I just we haven't had anything. I mean, nothing.
1: And, and I just want to preface this by saying I love all of our community. I appreciate all of you. And if you're having struggles, I deeply, deeply am sorry for you and your struggles. I just have skated through this like Nancy Kerrigan prepping for the Olympics. I've had zero issues. I, I am thankful that I have not had the issues because I've been in direct contact with people that are struggling. And I feel awful for those people because I know, I know that it feels terrible. And you know, you everybody talks up the surgery is the best decision they've ever made. And I still stand by that 100%. And I always will. But I can definitely see how someone who is struggling and is on day four or five post op and has not still been able to keep an ounce of water down, I can see how they can look at that and look at me and go, "Yeah, thanks, asshole. I'm glad that it was the best decision you ever made." However, I'm throwing my guts up, and I think I've seen stuff that I ate when I was two that I just threw up about an hour ago. So, you can kiss my ass, and I, you know, I feel terrible for the for the people that are struggling. I know that that you guys are out there. It gets better. It definitely gets better. It, it will. It will be worth it. I can't tell you when. Yeah. <laughs> But but I, I promise you it'll get better. Um, you definitely have a cheering section. We're championing for you guys because we know it gets better, and we just want you guys to see that. And once you start catching traction and getting on the on the downhill slide from all the bad stuff, you'll see it too, and you'll be you'll be happy as well.
0: You know, and it's. It's always a challenge because weight loss surgery absolutely comes with risks and you need to be aware of all, I mean, all of your risks. I mean, Jason, and I acknowledge you run the risk of dying when you undergo surgery, any type of surgery. Um, and I, I follow people on Instagram who after surgery have had a heck of a time with like acid reflux or um, heartburn. That is that is a side of, a side effect of uh, VSG, the the type of weight loss surgery that you and I both had. So I know that bad things can happen or things can change after surgery. Um, I, yeah, you and I just just can't speak to that. Um, w- what I think would be a valuable conversation for you to have with your surgeon is based on your based on your health or based on like your current you know your current medical situation. Is there a type of surgery that would be better based on how you are now? Because maybe one type of surgery would be better than another type of surgery. So I think having those conversations with your surgeon, letting them know, like, look, I know that this is, uh, this is a potential risk or a potential side effect. Can this be mitigated in any way? Or if I choose a different surgery, can it be mitigated? I think really, you know, have those conversations. Look at what could be coming. And then ask them, okay, you know, what, what are the chances, or you know, is there something in my life now that would indicate that this will be coming? Uh, those are all really great questions to ask. And yeah, I know-
1: definitely, I met with my doctor on the consultation, and he let me know flat from my age and my medical history and my weight at the time that um, the gastric bypass was just not even an option. He said I'm too high risk. Not an option, so you'll be doing the sleeve because that's the only other option. And If we need to do a revision later to the bypass, we can. If your weight loss stalls, you don't lose what you think you should. We can always switch over. Um, And that's just for me. Since I've been lucky enough to to be this way, I'm sticking with this. I'm going to make this work. I'm going to find a way. Luckily, my weight loss is on track like it's supposed to be. I've had a couple of stalls, fought through those types of things, but – I'm back on track now, dropping like I'm supposed to, so I, I'm, I'm going to be good. Wherever I land with this is where I'm going to land, and I'll be
0: good with it. I don't need to yep. go back under for anything. Yeah, no. And I think what, what's also important to, to, to keep in mind is that you're really not recovered for up to a year after you've had your procedure. So right. wonky things are going to happen the, di- the moment you wake up until you – You know, I really, as Wendy, as my therapist describes it, she said you're just going to sit down to a meal, eat it as normal, never think about food or how much you're eating or any of that, and then you're just going to go, oh crap. That's usually the indication that you're that you're healed because everything is normal. Um, And you know, like Jason, you were saying people are reaching out to you. You know, they're frustrated, they can't keep anything down. They're also two days out of surgery, and you have to. You really have to remember that you have completely jacked up your insides. I mean, either your stomach has been removed, you have had your plot your plumbing redone. I mean, you have you have majorly messed up your your abdominal cavity. You have really pissed that off. And that is going to take some time to heal and it's going to take time to kind of get back to normal. So, sometimes what you experience right after surgery or the first week or month, you know, 2 months, things are just going to be weird and um, things will happen, and you're going to think, "Oh my God, I've messed this up forever," and this is how life is going to be forever. It's more than likely not. It's just you recovering. It's your body getting used to your to, to your new normal. Um, but I mean, if, if after surgery, if wonky things are happening, your very first phone call should be to your surgeon or to be or go to your PA and just say, "Hey, here's what I'm experiencing." You know, can I come in or can we meet on zoom or, you know, what can be done. I'm, I'm, I'm concerned about this. That's your absolute first call. Don't go to WMFD because you're going to have cancer and die, which you don't. Right. So don't <sighs> or, like, no, just go to your surgeon. Your surgeon is your expert. Your, your PA is your expert. Go there first.
1: Yes, definitely use your resources available. Don't think that it's you're being too much. If it bothers you enough that you're worried about it to enough to reach out to somebody, reach out to your doctor. We don't mind answering questions. We don't mind letting you know if it's something that we went through or not. But you definitely need to have your surgeon in there somewhere as a, as a point of contact because they're going to be the experts that know exactly what, you know, whether or not what you're going through is something that needs, is more serious and needs to be looked at.
0: Absolutely. Okay, awesome. Uh, Next question. What has been the most frustrating part? That was just a question, so I don't know if it was before surgery, after surgery. The question just was, what has been the most frustrating part?
1: Before surgery was waiting for the surgery, and since the surgery has been the scale and stalls. Um, measurements and pictures will be the key to your success a vital key to your success because the scale is not going to be your friend um on a consistent basis you guys will be frenemies you guys will be fighting one day and loving each other the next like brother and sister like no because Mm -hmm. trust me trust me there's been days i've stepped on the scale and been just happy as can be and there's days i've wanted to break the scale when i got off of it because, yeah, no, how dare you go up four <laughs> ounces when I know I walked 10,000 steps yesterday and I had water and an ice cube and a crouton, so I know I should be down three or four pounds and I'm not, so how dare you, sir? So... The was the
0: crouton.
1: It was the crouton. All the carbs in the crouton did it. Threw me over the edge. Um, yeah, but yeah, for me, honestly, uh, it's been stalls. I... I wanted to be under 368 by May 25th, and I just hit it yesterday. So that's how far I sat at 370 from May 23rd until yesterday so it just sat there it was four ounces up four ounces down but either way it was either 370 even or 370.4 there was one day i hit 371 and then went right back down to 370 and then i tickled 369 for like a half a day and then i went right back up to 370. so i you know that those are the times where you get out the measuring tape you do the measurements you look at pictures try on stuff in your closet because trust me once you start sliding on pants that you haven't touched in three or four years you know you
0: know that you've done something right yes yeah and i would absolutely echo that yeah the the most frustrating part before surgery was waiting everything that you had to do up until surgery because your brain you your brain is allowed to wander over every untouched landscape and it's going to do everything it can possibly do to talk you out it was awful. And then after surgery, same thing. I had stalls that lasted months. Very frustrating. Um, Yeah. I mean, just, you know, you're just sitting here going, I eat, my nine month old nephew eats more than I do. And you're just going, "Mm." and yet I'm stuck at, you know, I'm stuck at a weight. Very frustrating. You know, the other thing that I think was also frustrating for me too, is now that I'm so for out surgery, I, I really wonder why I waited so long to do it. I play the, I play that game, which is not helpful, but it's frustrating. I wish I would have done it much sooner than what I did. Um, and I still get frustrated some days if I'm stressed, if I'm angry, if you fill in the blank uh, and I really want to eat something, uh, you know, I'll, I'll say like, oh God, I just want to have pizza or I just want some Cheetos. And I will give into that and we will order pizza or my husband will stop at a store and he'll bring me home, you know, whatever, a bag of Cheetos and I'll eat a few of something or I'll have a half a slice of a pizza and then I'm stuffed and my addiction, my brain wants me to eat more, even though this is saying, if you eat one more bite, you are going to puke it all up right? So that is still a frustrating battle that I play some days in my head, but thankfully it is few and far between. And the more aware of that, that I have become the more quickly, you know, so my brain might go like, you're stressed time for fill in the blank. And I can very quickly say now, Oh no, I'm stressed. Time to take a walk, time to read, time to go pet the dog, time to call a friend. Uh, so making those switches helps with that, helps with that frustration, but yeah, no, I mean, stalls. Oh, I don't know how many times I've, I've screamed at my scale and threatened to chuck it out the window. Cause you're just so like, ah!
1: well, and I, you know, it's, it's funny because in the morning, uh, you know, I'll, I'll get up, Oh, use the restroom and then I step on the scale. And I have these pet talks with myself, these <laughs> motivational moments I like to call them as I stare blankly at the wall and go, <laughs> All right once you look down at this number if it's not what you want it to be you will not pout like a toddler you will not get mad you will not let it ruin your day because at the end of the day it's you know it's a process you gotta try like i literally go through this shit every single morning as i look at the wall before i look down at the scale because i'm like ah, dude look <laughs> because i if i don't i will allow it to take over and i will ruin my whole day behind some numbers and you know that I, I remember one of the days when I was at 370, and I looked down and I was like, "Well, fuck it, this is all the weight I'm going to lose." And 98 pounds isn't bad, so uh, I guess that's just what it is, and I'll just never lose another pound, and it's great, fine, fine, whatever, fine. And I go running off, you know, and then you know a couple of days later, it's fine, but it, it just was funny to me because I like you, it like I literally do this build-up every single morning, this little motivational moment. I stare at the wall, like, "Okay, just." <laughs> just center yourself and become one with the good. Like, <laughs> it's, just, it's it's hilarious to me. And, you know, talking back to what you were saying is, you know, wanting to eat more. We found at Aldi, they sell this like almost paper thin crust pizza. Ooh. And it's fantastic because I was always a thin crust person anyway. So, we we bought it and brought it home and, and cooked it the other day and and I my son loves the fact that I can't eat anymore because he gets everything that's left and he's 17 and he eats you know like a billy goat anyway so so as we cut this pizza I've learned now to cut everything into like smaller pieces so then I trick my brain into thinking well I'm having two pieces of pizza because yeah. you know they're like shoestring <laughs> size so
0: half a slice
1: of pizza <laughs> right. So I do this, and I, but I told him, you know, I, told him, I said, man, these are the days that I wish that I hadn't had the surgery yet. I was like, because I would love nothing more than to crush this entire thing, because that's how good it was. But at the same time, I was like, you know, I ate my little one and a half little pieces of my little piece. I was like, you know, done, completely done. But yeah, it's the, those things happen. They come up and, and you know, it's, it's not that it's bad to want, like when you're eating something that's so good, you wish you could eat more of it. Like those things are going to happen and that's perfectly
0: fine. Yes.
1: It's just the fact that you don't push yourself into trying to eat more and make yourself sick that, you know, yes. you want to steer clear from.
0: Yep. Yep. No, the, the The frustration is real. <laughs> <laughs> All
1: and right. At times it is.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, our next question, uh, it's more of a statement, but I guess, well, it's a statement and a question. Why are all program gu- guidelines so radically different? Science is science. Yes, we talk about this often, every single person that we have talked to. It sounds like we all have had like different requirements to actually get to surgery. Uh, so who knows, because yes, the science is the same science behind you know, the different types of weight loss surgeries. I, I personally believe that the reason that the, that the requirements are different is because surgeons have different ideas about who would be the best candidate for weight loss surgery. And being where I'm at now, knowing that the real work that comes with having weight loss surgery is mental, if they're gonna put a bunch of barriers in front of you, your, your mental strength. They're really testing your mental strength, right? So it's, well, if I can do 12 hoops, and if you can jump through all 12 hoops, maybe you're going to have a better chance of success after weight loss surgery. Um, because every, st- every hoop, everything that they ask you to do while I'm sh- there is a, or I'm sure there is a medical reason for doing it, it's still a flipping and hoop and it's still a chance for you and your addiction and your brain to go, oh, you know, six nutrition appointments, that's a lot of work and that's pretty stupid and you're really not going to learn anything new. So why are they making you do this? This is ridiculous. You just need to lose it on your own. So you're going to drop out. Uh, and I think that they're really trying to weed out people who are just not in it for the, for the long game, right? That just don't have the, the mental capacity because I went to all of my nutrition appointments. I really didn't learn anything new, uh, but I still had to go. So just to get through all of those requirements, all of those steps, all of those hoops means that you have contemplated what this is going to mean for you every step of the way. And if you can get to the finish line, you're going to have a better chance
1: of success. Yeah, no, definitely that's true. I know for me, my, the difference in mine wasn't from the doctor itself. The, doc, the difference for mine was my insurance company.
0: My that's insurance crazy. company
1: is the one that wanted me to go through all the, the crazy stuff. And they're yeah. the ones that, that set all the guidelines for me. And I only had one nutrition appointment. I only had a two-week pre-op liquid diet. I only had to, uh, my, my biggest thing for me was to go to the doctor and my primary care physician six times in, in consecutive months and talk about diet weight loss. Well, I had done that for two years. So I had 24 appointments. Well, they picked two of the 24 appointments and said, well, these are sufficient as far as information for diet weight loss, but so you need four more. So I literally had to wait four more months and go consecutive months to the doctor so she could type in 1500 calorie diet, 45 minutes of exercise done. Yeah. Come in see her again, 45 minutes of exercise, 150 calories, like take it easy. You know, my weight stayed what it was. I was 468, 465, 466. Like it was just fluctuating in there even with the plan that she had put together. Wasn't working. So for me, the, the difference was strictly for the insurance, not my not my doctor himself. So uh, that's mostly what I've seen as far as that goes is it depends on the facility that you go to yeah. as to what they want to see. And it depends on the, uh, the, the insurance. Because yeah. I had nine people at my work that have had the surgery done all through our same insurance. But it just, those things, the steps differed between um, what facility they were at and whether or not they had to have a one-week liquid diet or a two-week liquid diet. Or I had one person that only had to do a liquid diet for three days ahead of time.
0: Yeah, and that was me. I mean, I I had to meet with my surgeon twice. I had to have six consecutive nutrition appointments, Um, but I didn't have to lose any weight, and I just did a liquid diet. I think it was even 20. Yeah. Two days, 24 hours before surgery. I mean, that was it. And whereas, I mean, I mean, you and I both know people who had to go on liquid diets for months or weeks. Yes. That
1: was a trip. Like I I, there's no way, like I, I did fine cause I knew what was coming. So I'm mentally prepared for the liquid diet thing. So yeah. I didn't struggle at all. Like I didn't have a problem. Like it, it sucked for a couple of days, but yeah. I got right with it real fast cause I knew I didn't have a choice but months oh no 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 no
0: oh yeah i just uh, oh i couldn't imagine. well and i guess what i what, what i think about that is that i mean that's the ultimate hoop because as you and i know after surgery you are on a strictly liquid diet but the difference is is that you are thrilled to be on a liquid diet after surgery because you're that's a, the easy part it's easy like oh thank god And it's so nice that you don't have to think about food. I mean, everything shifts. The moment you wake up from surgery, it's just like, like your brain has done a 180. Whereas beforehand, if somebody told me I was going to have to go on a liquid diet for like two months before surgery, I'd be like, yeah, no, no freaking way. Even though that's, it's absolutely possible, right? You you are not going to die nutritionally. I mean, it's, that's healthy, but you're just not even in the same, like you're just not even in the brain space for that. So
1: no, not at all. Not even kind of.
0: No, just crazy. Okay, uh, our next question. Did you have heartburn before and or after weight loss surgery?
1: I did not. I didn't have heartburn. I didn't have GERD. I didn't have gallbladder gall problems. I didn't have any of that stuff. Yeah. So for me, it hasn't been a problem after the fact. And I've eaten the spiciest things you can imagine as far as like seasoned taco meat and things wow. like that, and just have not had the slightest bit of, of issue.
0: Yeah, I'm the same way. I mean, af- before surgery, I maybe once a year had what I'm pretty sure was probably heartburn, but I mean, I've, it's never been something that I've really experienced or been diagnosed with or anything like that. Um, and I have not had any issues since then. I do notice that if I eat, if I eat too much, then it's very uncomfortable, and I feel like stuff is kind of traveling back up. So I don't know if that's heartburn, but that's just because I've been an idiot and I've eaten too much. So <laughs> no. I rectify that by not eating that much, you know, in the future.
1: No, you'll you'll know the feeling of heartburn because it's basically like taking, when you're, when you're warming up a charcoal grill and you just take one of the briquettes, it's nice and glowing red, and you just swallow it. That's what heartburn oh. feels like. So... Oh. Okay. Yeah. If, if you've never, if you've never had that fantastic sensation, then uh, yeah, you're lucky. Uh, I, you know, I, it's something that I went through very rare before surgery. Like I, I may, you know, I, it was a, like a, once type of deal for me? I've had it depending on what I ate or when I ate or all that stuff. My wife suffers from it. She hasn't done it since she's moved to the whole food plant-based type of diet. But before that, when she was eating, she'd have heartburn so bad, she'd have to drink aloe water. Um, she'd drink apple cider vinegar in the middle of the night. Like she'd be in the bathroom throwing up because there was just acid caught everywhere. Oh so my So she would aspirate on it. So for her, since she switched to the whole food plant base, it's just not a problem anymore. So hopefully when she's looking that we're gonna switch her over to my insurance in October when open enrollment comes, and then she's looking to have the surgery after the first of the year. Yeah.
0: So I'm hoping
1: that it's something that stays away post op and it's not something that comes
0: back. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I follow somebody on Facebook or not on Facebook. I follow someone on Instagram and, uh, she has had just a hell of a time with heartburn after weight loss surgery and, you know, not a lot of, not a lot of answers and not a a lot of relief for her. So I definitely, that doesn't look like fun at all. Uh, but I know that that is one of the side effects. That is one of the known side effects that a very small percentage of the people who undergo weight loss surgery will suffer from heartburn afterwards. And I think it sounds like the solution is, is most of that, most of those people who suffer for that have had VSG and then they switch to bypass. And that tends to, that does something different because you're basically taking your stomach offline. So you don't have that acid anymore, but yeah, I don't know. So I'm very thankful that I do not uh, breathe fire often. (laughs) agree. Uh-huh. Okay, uh our next question, what vitamins do you use? I just use over the counter
1: multivitamins. I use do one for like the hair skin and nails and then I do another that's just an overall multivitamin. Um uh-huh. uh, one a day, take my stuff in the morning with all my other because uh, I still take a thyroid pill, still take uh blood pressure medications because even though I'm no longer as big as I once was my blood pressure's not but I say it's not budget it's come down quite a bit but it's not where it's supposed to be the doctor's still not happy with it but that's something that runs in my family on both sides um grandparents were not big people at whatsoever and they all had just super high blood pressure took blood pressure medicine to the day that they all passed so I mean my mom poor you know my mom was five foot eight, weighed 115 pounds and her blood pressure was high as hell till the day she passed. So, I mean, the doctor did everything they could do to try to get hers under control and never could. So I'm assuming I'll be on blood pressure meds for, you know, forever and the thyroid pill forever. But I take all that stuff just every, all in the morning at one, one shot so I can be done for the day. And then I come back and hit my hit my gallbladder pill at night. Cause I'm not trying to have those, those issues.
0: Yeah, no. Um, so when I, before surgery, I purchased the bariatric Fusion. They, I think they're kind of like all, all in ones. They were the chew, or they were the pills. The
1: gummies? Oh, you did the pills? I
0: did the pills. And then I realized that swallowing anything right after surgery was not good. I just couldn't do it. So then I switched to the gummies or the chew, chewable tablets. And that helped me actually get my vitamins in uh, during that stage. And then when my stomach healed, I wanted to switch back to the pill form because I just didn't like the the taste, the gummies or the, you know, just they were chalky. I just didn't didn't enjoy them. Uh, So then I found an all-in-one, but it had competing forms of calcium and iron. So you would have to take the pill and then four hours later, take a calcium and then four hours later, do another pill again. And I was just like, oh, okay, this is like getting ridiculous. So um, this company actually reached out to me and I've been using them now for uh, a couple weeks and really enjoying them, uh, per- Para Vita. And they're actually out of Canada, but it's, so you take three a day, but they have non-competing forms of calcium and iron. So you can take it, you can take it at the same time. Uh, and it's, I mean, I have, I've been able to stick with it, but, you know, everything has gone good so far and clearly taking the vitamins I think has very much helped because I, I did have, I mean, I, I had a month or two or three months where I was losing my hair, but now my hair has stopped falling out. It's starting to come back again. My nails are strong. Like things are, things are clicking. Um, and being consistent with your vitamins is so important for everybody Uh, And I think it's extra important for me, my husband and I, we're going to try to conceive and I have to make sure that all of my levels are exactly where they're at. And this vitamin has just massive amounts of folic acid, which is critical for pregnancy. Um, So, you know, I think based on your own needs, you really need to to do your research. Uh, But I have found this brand to be You know, hopefully this is what I will just stick with forever because I I would like to just find one thing and stick with it. And the other nice thing too about this company is it's like a subscription. So every 30 days you're going to get new sets of vitamins. So it's kind of nothing. It's just, you don't even have to think about it. They'll just show up to your house. You know that you take them every day. It's just kind of a, kind of a no-brainer. So um, we'll put a link in the show notes if you're interested in, in learning more uh, about the vitamins. And when they reached out to me, I said, "Well, I need to I need to make sure that it fits within my macro. So every or you know your requirements. You uh, your doctor, or your surgeon will tell you how much how much of like these big nutritional things you need to get in each day. And I just took their information. I called my surgeon. I had my my sheet of information. And these vitamins even had more uh, they, yeah, more levels of, of everything, uh, that I needed. And it was also, it's part of the health Canada network. So these are the vitamins that bariatric patients in Canada are prescribed by the doctors, which means that they have to be approved by the government. So that made, oh, me, wow. feel, okay. that made me feel a little bit better too. So I was like, Oh, okay. So, so I'm giving it a whirl and, and so far so good. Um, but I think it is important to know that what you were able to tolerate is going to change before surgery right after surgery and then as you progress in your recovery so i definitely would not like stock up on vitamins um because like i mean i i had bottles and bottles of things that i couldn't take because i couldn't swallow them and i was like well this is stupid so you know then you're just spending more money to buy you know experiment with your different kinds of vitamins um so yeah, you know, just play, play around with it, ask your surgeon, ask your nutritionist what they recommend, and then definitely be thinking about how you're going to get your vitamins in the day after surgery and then the next couple months. I know that sometimes they make like um, stick or powder vitamins. I don't think they're quite as effective, but that could be a really good option that first month or two because you're going to be drinking a lot of water anyway. So then, you know, you, you would just need to, yeah, to continue to, to drink.
1: Yeah, I would definitely say that uh, directly after surgery that you need to be looking into the chewable or the, you know, the the gummies or the melts or any kind of, you know, berry melt makes one that's a a really good one that you can try. Um, For myself, I was able to swallow pills directly after and I've been able to do so ever since. Um, So it hadn't been an issue for me. But I know for a lot of people, that is something that they struggle with. So I would definitely recommend until you figure out for sure, kind of how your body reacts, that you do either a melt or a chew or a a, uh, one of the gums.
0: Yeah, I forgot about the melts. Yeah, because that that just like literally melts in your mouth. So then you're not chewing anything. You're not like, you know, eating anything. Oh yeah, that, that, man, that's what I should have done right after surgery. That would have been helpful.
1: I just took a hand. I just took a handful of pills and they stayed down. So I was like, "All right, dope. No, let's do this." Because yep. well, because my thing was is I take nine pills in the morning and they were like, "Yeah, cause you're gonna have to space that out like a pill every." So I was like, "Dude, I'll take pills all day." I was like, "We time for that shit." Yeah. So I was just like, "We're just gonna try it this way and see if it sticks." And it actually worked. So I was just like, "Yep, we're gonna do that."
0: Perfect. Yeah. And that, and that was what, that was what was annoying me about the other, the previous vitamins. It's like every hour, every hour I was taking something else. And I was like, I just, this is ridiculous. I can't keep doing this, but yeah. I have routine in the morning and I have a routine at night. So it's easy for me to get in vitamin morning and night. And then in the middle, I just take it with lunch. So it's like, Oh, well, that's a no brainer. And because you're taking such small, you know, your, your daily, your daily Goal or your daily amount is divided up into three. The pills don't bother me even on an empty stomach. So, yeah, All kinds of things to think about. Good. Okay, and the very last question that somebody asked us uh, was, "How should I approach dating after weight loss surgery?" So, Jason, <laughs> you can see Jason's face. Well, Jason and I are both happily married. Uh, I've been married for close to ten years. Jason, you've been married for a long 19. time. Eight, Jesus, Eighteen.
1: Just, just, just celebrated nineteen on May nineteenth.
0: Oh, look at you! Congrats. Thank you. So, Jason and I are not the experts in dating since we haven't done it in a while.
1: <laughs> Thankfully. But-
0: Thankfully. Yeah. We were also talking about that earlier today. Oh my gosh. So one of my, one of my great friends, the woman who inspired me to have weight loss surgery, her name is Veronica. Uh, she is going to join us on a podcast episode and she is going to enlighten us on what her dating life has been like before and after weight loss surgery. Uh, she and I uh, talk about it every time we kind of get together. And every time I asked her a question, I was just blown away at her perspective on it because she is dealing with and thinking about and living through things that I would never in a million years have thought would be an issue, dating before or after weight loss surgery. So it's just, yeah, it's just fascinating. So we have an entire episode next week that is dedicated to dating before and after weight loss surgery. And even if you are married or even if you're not interested in dating, That episode, she's so insightful. We just had, yeah, it's just a really, really great conversation. I would encourage you to listen to it, even if you are happily married or if you're not worried about dating somebody. We really kind of went down a rabbit hole of like, yeah, it was just like what surgery has been like and why we decided to do it. And then like the surprising conversations we have with friends and family and just like, yeah, it, it's very much an all encompassing episode. So um, don't let the word dating scare you. Uh, it's it's very much about just like what life before and after weight loss surgery is like for people in general.
1: Definitely. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of good talking points in there that, that go way beyond dating. Um, but to answer the actual question at play, I, I honestly feel like, Approaching dating after weight loss surgery is something that you're going to want to be open and honest about um, because there's a lot of, you know, a lot, a lot of things that can fall in, that you can fall into by not explaining what's going on with you to somebody who may not understand or who may not know. And not to mention the fact that it's a pretty good talking point. It's a way to get to know the person that you're, that you're you know, that you're spending time with. And that's going to be something that they're going to need to be on board for, sign up for, and realize that, you know, it's part of the package, it's part of the deal. Um, There's going to be certain struggle points that come with it. There's going to be things that you can and can't do based off of that or things that you're going to be comfortable or uncomfortable with after the fact. And they're going to need to know about all that part when they sign up. So, that's you know not only is it a good way to kind of get it out of the way in the beginning but it's also a way to figure out if the person that you're spending you spend the time with is going to be in it for the long haul or, or not
0: absolutely you know and when i think back to when i met my husband so actually not my husband mommy, Harmony, um i was in a horrible relationship horrible and i was in it for 8 years and finally like broke out of that relationship and uh and i think it was at the encouragement of my my friend and therapist at the time that she said you know you should probably identify like what you're looking for in a partner which i had never done before and um and i remember i sat down and i started writing a list and before i knew it i had like a you know like a five-page document of like all these things that i'm looking for in in a relationship and um i kind of forgot about it right i just said here's what i'm looking for well when I joined eHarmony, I was connected with a lot of people right away. And I had a lot of fun just practicing dating because I hadn't date. I mean, I really hadn't dated. I met this person in high school. We dated for, you know, eight years. And then I never really truly dated. So I went into eHarmony just thinking like, hey, I'm just practicing. I'm just learning what it means to, to date, to be on a date, to be a date, all that kind of stuff. And I had a ton of fun. Uh, and then, you know, along the way, I was able to kind of recall like, well, this person doesn't fit these these things that, that I remember I wanted in a relationship. And it made it really easy for me to say like, oh, thank you next. You know, basically it was just like, this is awesome. I'm so happy I got to know you. Um, you know, I don't think we're aligned in these areas or, you know, this just isn't going to work for me, but I've enjoyed the time that I spent with you, whatever, right? It, it gave me a, a very clear way to check this person and who they were against, is this what I'm looking for? Even if they were very attractive, if they... Didn't have the qualities that I was looking for. I could say no, because I knew that my list was this is what I was looking for. And then when I got matched with, with my husband, with Grady, uh, you know, we, we'd gone on a couple dates and it was going really well. And, oh, wow, this is, this is really great. And, uh, I, uh kept that list kind of in the back of my brain and we just kept dating and things got kind of serious and then they got really serious and we were maybe a year into dating and i came across that list i was not looking for it i just i opened up a drawer pulled out this piece of paper i didn't know what it was i was probably cleaning and i opened it up and i was like oh shit this is my list and i was like oh no I was like, oh God, if I go through this list and then like Grady does not check most of these boxes, I'm going to be like, oh. <laughs> so I was just thinking like, okay, I'm, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. And then I was like, this is stupid. Like you wrote this list for a reason. These, these are the qualities that you're looking for in a human. So I was like, oh shit. So I literally got a pen and I went down through the list and I was like, oh, I'm well, almost every single one of them, I was able to check off and I was like, oh wow, and these are still things that I'm that I'm looking for. But then what I was able to do is I literally took my list to Grady, who was just my boyfriend at the time. And I said, hey, these are the things that I'm looking for in a in a significant other, in a lifelong partner. And you have not met these seven criteria. So we're gonna need to talk about how you have not met these or why you have not met them, or if we just haven't been dating long enough But I'm not going to go any further unless you acknowledge that these things are, right? Like, "Mm, this is it. And it was so freaking hilarious because (laughs) Grady, my husband now, was like, huh, okay, well, yeah, I mean, I guess we can do that. And I was like, because if you don't do this, then I'm out. And I was just, and I don't even know why I decided to say it, but I was like, this is what I want and I'm not settling. Wow. And very quickly, he was just like, okay. And I just remember telling him, I don't need you. I like you in my life. And it both kind of clicked for us at that point. It was like, he realized like, oh shit, she doesn't need me. So I'm really, so I, you know, this is like a privilege that I get to be in this relationship. And it was really powerful for me to just to recognize, I'm going to be okay if you go away. not going to like it it's not going to be fun but if you truly are not this person that i'm looking for then i need to find this person looking back on it that maybe was a little bit psychotic because like who is like your entire list but it was a really (laughs) great right but it was a really
1: good i I wasn't i wasn't gonna say it but i was thinking i was kind of like damn you stuck to your guns like seriously like oh no you will be this or you will be gone
0: you know, and and I'm so glad that that I'm I'm very glad that I that I got that advice. I'm very glad that I made that list of of what I wanted in a relationship, and I'm so glad that I made that list public for grading. It became a conversation point because, you know, it's one thing to have a list, but it's another thing to see those qualities in another person, and to know that we were kind of on the same page when it came to you know what I was looking for in a partner and what you know, the standard that I was going to hold him to for a very long time. And it was also nice for him to look at that list and go, oh, I would agree. Like you, you do these things too. So we were really kind of finding each other uh, in that list. And again, very powerful. And I still say it to my husband, not to be mean or anything, but it's like, hey, look, I'm choosing into this, this marriage. I don't need you. I don't need you. I don't need your income. I don't need any of these. I don't need you to, to live my life, but I want you in it and and if for for us it just works because we're we're always choosing in we're always recognizing the good and we're always pointing out like okay you you did this you 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 acted this way this goes against what i have seen from you for the past 13 years to me this doesn't appear you're not living your values or you're not you know so many of our conversations have just been like, "Well, if that's your intent, you're not showing it that way." So either your your intent is off, or how you are showing it is off. So you need to recalibrate on that. Uh, you know, it's a, a powerful conversation for us to have, and we're only nine. You know, we'll be married nine years this summer, so we're only nine years deep. I can't imagine what it's like being eighteen years deep.
1: Well, and the thing about it, the the good thing about it is is you're learning, you know, it, it's a it's a funny statement to make, but you you're learning how to fight. You you have a positive way to have an argument where instead of rehashing old stuff, old feelings, old, well, you know, one time in you know 2003, you said that I like fat in my jeans. Like nobody wants to hear that shit. Like we want to talk about what's going on right now. What are you mad about today? What you know, what didn't I do right now that made you all upset? Like, and, but that's the thing about it. As long as you can constructively get your point across and the other person actually understands from the, way, the point that you're coming from, that's the important part. My wife has said something extremely similar to me as the, you know, I don't need you in my life. I want you in my life. And for myself, I had a very hard time with that because I need to be needed. Like I, if, you, if you don't need me, then what the hell is the point? Yes. What I what I had to realize was is that's really not how healthy relationships go. Like you don't, if you are only around because someone needs you around, that's not the way you want it to be. <laughs> no. So, I had to relinquish the fact that you know, as the big burly strong, I'm going to help you know, Captain Captain save everybody. Uh-huh. You know, I, I had to learn that it it was more the fact that I, I wanted to be. You know, it's nice to feel needed, but at the same time, you only want a relationship based on want, because that's how you know you're not being taken advantage of. That's how you know that things are pure and the relationship stems from a good place. And so, you know, being together for 20 years, being married for 19, that's something that we've always, because she came from, like, I had never been married. I came from a relationship that was just out of whack, completely out of whack Um, and she had been married. So she had said she didn't want to get married again. And I was like, yeah, I'm kind of thinking like, I don't want to get married either. So we can just be together and whatever happens, happens. Well, cut to like seven months in and we were both like, yeah, I think we can do this. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, I'll relinquish and we we can go ahead and get married. And she's like, yeah, I think that'd be okay if we went ahead and did that. So from that point, you know, we kind of rolled into it, knowing that if we did it this time, that this was going to be it. Like I I knew from the standpoint that I, I, my plan was to only get married one time. That's kind of how I wanted it to go, if I got married at all. And so that's that's how we approached it, her and I together. So doing that and moving forward with that kind of, in that headspace, and her getting me to realize that it wasn't a need, but a want that really put things in perspective for me and kind of helped us build going forward. So it, uh, it's been a, there's been a lot of ups and downs. We had to learn how to fight. We had to learn how to fight constructively because there was a lot of, a lot of just, pointless time that we spent and effort put into just talking shit to each other not even really getting a point across nobody saw each other from the other's perspective we just talk shit and go on about our life and apologize later if we apologized at all so it's been struggles it's been bumps and bruises along the way but highly worth it and I would not inject myself back into the dating pool pretty much for anything in the world because I don't even I wouldn't even begin to know.
0: Oh, I just, no. I mean, after hearing Veronica's stories just in the personal conversation yes. I had, I was just like, oh my God, I'm so thankful that I'm in a stable relationship. Oh. Well,
1: you had a, you had a, you had a Build-A-Grady workshop, like Build-A-Bear. You just I Build-A-Grady <laughs> with your little list. So you... You made sure you got what you wanted. So. I did.
0: Oh man, after eight years of that, I mean, and I, it was it was a yeah, a horrible relationship. And then I had two other very horrible experiences with men, kind of back to back to back. And I was just like, okay, uh, homie, ain't playing this. Like I am so right. open this. And I think too, as a woman, for, from from my experiences living as a woman, you are society kind of teaches you well. You need to get married. You need a man. You need a second income. You need, 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 like you are not complete until you are, you know, married until a man is taking care of you. Um, you know, that's my Heterosexual. That's my, that's been my experience. So to go through all of this, you know, shit show my relationship with these men and then to have this conversation with Mary, with my therapist and for her to go, well, what do you actually want out of it? And I was like, Hmm. And then, To really kind of come into my own understanding of, I don't need a relationship, or I don't need a husband, or I don't need a man to take care of me, I can take care of myself. It's, it was very, my husband is very much like you, Jason, he's very much the, I'm going to take care of this, and I'm the man, and I'm the breadwinner, and then he gets hooked up with feminist of the year, you know, and he's going like, uh, what are you talking about? He found out that I made more money than him. I think he might've like actually cried man tears. And I was just like, okay, wait a minute. You are, you are upset that your girlfriend is successful and like making money. I mean, I was just like, you are batshit bananas crazy. Like you think that you are that important. I mean, I was just like, what? you know, blah, 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 blah. But it's been a learning experience for him. Yeah, I know. I, I, and it's not because you're bad people. It's because you just care and, and you want to provide right that's the big joke he's, he's always like well I'm the provider and I'm like really your paycheck says you are not damn your paycheck, says- paycheck
1: says otherwise
0: <laughs> I mean you should see it. and when tax time comes around in our house we are literally we are sitting at the same table and it's like we're playing poker with our like w-2s and all of this because my husband's like oh how much you make how much you make and he's just like, oh, oh. And almost every year I have blown him out of the water. And it just like, oh, no. But his little man heart just hurts. But the flip side is that it doesn't matter. It's That's how he is. It just means that he's extra motivated to continue to provide for us and our family. And he takes a lot of pride in his work. So when opportunities come for him to better himself, He's gonna weigh that, and he's gonna go. Well, yeah, you know, I could do that. And in the back of his brain, he's going, "Oh, my wife is not gonna outmake me. I'm, I'm gonna make more money than her. That's fine, because I'll continue to live in a nice house, and we'll go on vacations, and you do you, boo. But
1: good luck." <laughs> yeah, I uh, Sa- Sarah makes more than I do, and has forever. Uh, it was, it was. The, the disparity was awful when we lived in Oklahoma, because she was knocking down over a hundred and I was barely making thirty. But I loved the job I was in, so she didn't give me crap about it because we were good, like we were taken care of. So she let me do the job. But uh, we got here, and I caught up. You know, so it was it was cool. I got to a point where we were because she she lost income moving here to Florida because Florida's five years behind everybody else in the world. So she's trying to catch up, you know, trying to get them to recognize degrees and things she has that they just don't realize. Because apparently, apparently, mental health's not a thing here in Florida, which is why you guys constantly see news stories about Florida people losing their minds. Because you know, we're they're not sick; they're just crazy. Wow. So, okay. so I thought it was the heat. <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly right. Everybody's got a swamp ass, and so they're just going crazy. So. It, uh, it is funny, though, because this last year I was able to work enough overtime to get bonuses and things that I actually beat Sarah by $100. Oh, and You would have thought I sold Microsoft in the 70s. You would have thought I had Bill Gates money because I ran around this house talking shit like I was it. Like you like you better call me Jeff Bezos from now on because I make all the money and shut your mouth like it, it was so uh, she laughed at me because she was just like, oh, you worked a little hard out. you beat me by a hundred bucks. That's awesome oh, <laughs> that,
0: that just makes it, it makes my heart you know well that I've got I've, I have a kindred spirit in your wife in Florida and you have a kindred spirit in my husband here in Washington.
1: <laughs> that's it. that's a hundred percent because boy, I'm telling you you would have thought. You would have thought I built the temples, but I was running around here like, yes, I was super excited.
0: (laughs) I'm telling you, hey, man, whatever keeps it fresh, whatever keeps it, you know, you got to, you got to kind of compete a little bit. And if you're going to compete over the welfare of your family, not so much of a bad thing. Not at all, not at all. So, so the takeaway from dating is my takeaway would be make your list of your must-haves and stick to your guns when dating and your dating must-haves kind of sound like you need to be okay. You need to learn how to fight constructively because that's just a part of being in a relationship.
1: Yeah. And just making sure that you're upfront with everything going on with you so that you can build a foundation from the beginning so that they know exactly what's going on because there's a lot of self-care that goes into post-op and you know, that's gonna be part of your partner's gonna to have to help with that. And you know, you gotta know that somebody's in it from you know in it to win it from the beginning so that you can start your with your best foot forward and making positive changes and positive decisions from the jump.
0: So yep, absolutely. And if you if you are really uh, struggling or you have you know questions about dating before or after weight loss surgery, we highly recommend you check out episode 10 all about dating. I think you're going to walk away with lots of nuggets and insights and it will hopefully help you walk away with uh, a clear uh, a clear understanding of how you want to approach dating. It's going to be different for everybody, uh, but I think in that episode, we really do a good job of just saying like, well, here's how Veronica handled it. Here's how you handled it. Here's how I handled it. And however you choose to do it is great. You just need to kind of, you know, figure out what's going to be best for you and, and move forward. So, all right, that wraps up our, all the questions that we got. Those were pretty good. I think so. I think we had a, we had a,
1: a great turnout. I was, I was pleasantly surprised by all the people that had questions and wanted to know things. And yep. I, I hope we answered all your questions. If not, you can reach out to us uh, either April or I separate, or you can reach out on the east west page and go, hey, W, you missed something, or we'll be glad to uh, go over it with you some more or help point you to resources that we, if we know of any that can help answer it a little more in depth if we didn't get
0: Yep. So the really cool thing too about our podcast is that if you go to our Anchor website, so there's a link in our bio, and it will take you to the Anchor website, which is like where our podcast lives. You can actually leave us a voice comment, so it's kind of like a voicemail that we will get, and then we can even incorporate it into the show. So if you have any questions that you would like answered, that would be a great place to go and ask your questions so that we can actually put your 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 real life voice and audio right into to the podcast. Or of course, like what Jason said, you can just send us direct. Directly your questions um to east to west you can send them to our individual instagram uh, uh, accounts as well and then i think what we'll probably do is maybe just once a month we'll just ask like hey what what questions do you guys have from the community and then we will do these question and answer podcasts every time that we kind of get a a big grouping of questions like what jason said we we asked the question one time and we got like a ton of responses so we're super happy that um that all those questions came and we're just yeah we're looking forward to kind of continuing to do that
1: Definitely, because this, you know, I we, April and I started this based on the, the need that the community, you know, that there was a hole in the community needed to be filled. So we thought we would do that. And so the fact that uh, we're actually getting comments and things from you guys is only pushing this further and helping us out to, to continue to build it because this was built for you guys, by you guys. And the more you help, the more we can uh, try to reach out for help uh, push this thing even further
0: yep so if you enjoy listening to the podcast please give it a review subscribe if you are watching us on youtube subscribe to our youtube channel leave us a comment if you also have any feedback uh, whether it's you know not so positive or or you've got a suggestion for us please send it our way our goal is we want to produce content for this community that is valuable so if you have a suggestion or idea of how we could increase the value we would so love to have that feedback, uh, but your positive reviews, your subscriptions, and just even you reaching out to us and saying, Hey, here's what I loved. Here's what I didn't love. So much is a huge help to us. So please, uh, please do all of those things.
1: Definitely please. Yeah. We, we want to hear it. We need to know. We're only going to get better with your help. Uh, so let us know, make sure that we're hitting the spots we need to be hitting. and yep. All the information is valid because the biggest thing is, is, We only want to bring you guys content that's going to assist and help push everything forward. So,
0: yep, absolutely.
1: We we need your help to do it.
0: Yep. So, uh, like we said, at the end of our podcast episodes, uh, we're going to kind of switch it up and we're going to do an added value segment. So, uh, we quickly want to talk about things that are adding value to, to us and into our lives right now. Uh, so I do have something I would like to share. I, um, ever since, uh, the death of George Floyd, I'm learning about how I can support, uh, people of color in my community and nationwide. And uh, there was a a South Sound Magazine sent out a link for uh, black owned businesses. And I never even thought of looking into that or shopping or supporting them, not because I don't want to, I just, I didn't even know that was something right? To, to think of, duh. So, um, I, I searched myself sound business, uh, businesses that were, uh, owned by people of color and I found a new coffee shop and I'm so excited to try it. It's called Campfire Coffee. They're based out of here in Tacoma, Washington. They actually roast their coffee beans over a campfire. And I was like, Oh my God, that's like, So like, awesome, and probably, you know, gonna add the flavor. So anyways, they've constantly sold out, uh, but I finally was able to just get in my very first order. So I can't wait to let you all know, I'm gonna review my campfire uh, coffee order and let everyone know, you know, what it tastes like. And the other really cool thing is that part of their um, mission is they want to make the outdoors more inclusive. And when I think about my state of Washington, like you live in Washington because you like to be outdoors. And yet when i think about the people who i see outdoors most of the people look like me but washington is a very diverse population very diverse population and uh, in just reading about their company and and why they do what they do uh, they too see that most of the people who are out and about when they are outdoors do not look like them and they kind of reach out to their community and there's a lot of things that go into becoming an outdoors person and, and enjoying the outdoors so their, their profits and their mission is to bring people from their community, people of color to the outdoors to make it a safe place for them. And I was like, that is freaking awesome. So I'm so excited to, to, uh, to support them. And I'm so excited to become a customer of Plant Fire Coffee. So I will link their um, Instagram page and their website in the bio. And they do ship nationally. So they've got all kinds of blends. they got an espresso blend, a decaf blend. And they're opening up a brick and mortar even here in Tacoma if you live, uh, live locally. So I'm going to – I'll share oh, that Yeah, that's
1: awesome. Yeah, that's, that's something that I'm going to be doing as well reaching out because now that things are we're entering, uh, getting into entering phase two of everything opening back up out here in uh, in Jacksonville. I'm going to start researching uh, locally black owned businesses as well, uh, getting into uh, supporting them. I know of a handful that I've been supporting, you know, since I moved here five years ago, just because the the food is, is amazing uh, for the places that I found, little mom and pop corner shops that, that do soul food, and things like that. They're just out of this world amazing. Wow. So I'm going to be doing that as well, getting into some some other ones that I haven't really learned about because I know we have quite a few here. So yeah. I'm going to do that, whether it be food trucks or whatever else it may be and find find some more places to start, uh, start spending some money.
0: Yep. Well, and it was really interesting when I was talking to my, one of my very close friends, she works for King County. King County is a very progressive county here in Washington state. And a lot of her like professional development work has been around equity. Uh, So she's a great resource that I can go to, to, to talk about things. And anyways, we were talking and we were exchanging book ideas. We're both avid readers. And I was like, oh, I've got this and this, these three books that are in my Amazon cart. And she just stopped me and she's like, have you thought about ordering those by a black owned uh, bookstore. And I was like, I never in a million years would have thought that. And she sent me the link. I was able to place my order with them. They're all backordered of course, which is great. It means everybody's reading it, but I purchased them through the bookstore instead of Amazon. And it's like, that is such an easy, painless transition for me to make. And it's supporting, you know, it's supporting my, my neighbors. I just, you know, that's a very easy way for me to, um, you know, to, to, to live my values. And one of the biggest ways that I can make my values known is where I spend my money. So I'm very Definitely. much looking forward to, you know, spreading my wealth around, so to speak with, to make sure that I'm spreading my wealth uh, to, to people of color, who own businesses. I mean, That's awesome. yeah. So, all right. That I think does it for our episode today. I think so. I love it. So as always, if you guys, like we said, please like share, share this with your community. If you found value in this episode, share it on your own social media pages, direct your friends and your followers here so they can give a listen as well and reach out to us with any of your um, ideas and feedback. And if you have an idea for a podcast, if you just think like, hey, I think that this would be a really great thing to dive deep into. Please let us know. We would love to know what what you would like to hear and see uh, more of. And of course, you can see our lovely faces. You can watch us on YouTube. There's links in our bio to our um, to our East to West Weight Loss Surgery uh, page on YouTube, where you can see all the content that we're producing as well. So you can listen and watch, and you can listen on all of the major podcast platforms. Now we're on Apple. We're on Spotify. We're on iHeartRadio. We're on Anchor. We're we're everywhere. We're trying to get everywhere. So. Uh, give a listen and, and
1: leave us a review. And also we wanted to reach out and just to say we appreciate all the love and support that we've had on Instagram and on YouTube and on Anchor that we found and people listening and people reviewing and sending us in, you know, all the things you guys send us to tell us that we're doing a good job. We love it. Uh, do us a favor. We're really close to a thousand followers on Instagram, which is insane to think about because oh. when April and I, when April and I started this week, never even thought that it would grow to be like it has as quick as it has so yeah. uh, this thing we haven't even had this up three months and we're already almost at a thousand followers so we appreciate everybody uh do us a favor and, and find two or three people that you think would get value out of what we're doing and send it to them and uh, have them follow us, give us a follow, we'll give them a follow back. And then hopefully, you know, we can help grow the community even more because the more information we can get out to people, the better off we're all going to be. We don't want anybody second guessing the surgery or not having the surgery or anything like that based on lack of information. That's why we started this uh, and we just appreciate you guys for helping us grow it like you have already.
0: Couldn't have said it better myself. <laughs> All right, Jason. Well, as always, I enjoy I enjoy our time together, and I'm looking forward to, uh, looking forward to continue the journey with you.
1: Yes, ma'am. Same here.
0: All right, you guys. We hope you have a great day, and we'll see you on the next episode.
1: <laughs> All right. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.